Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Welcome to the Become Fire podcast. I am introing it. I am Brother Paul. I am here with my esteemed colleagues, Father Anthony Tinker. And Father Peter Teresa. That is me. You seem confused. <laughs> is there a question mark on your teleprompter, sir? <laughs> no. Um, well, to open with, so I guess, some, some very sad news that just because we're praying for them. There was a, a guy shot in Arizona while he was preaching the gospel. His name is Hans Smith. And so just encourage everyone to pray for him. Uh, he has two kids. He has a, a two-month-old at the, at the home. And most certainly, he's in critical condition right now. Uh, but most certainly a witness to the faith. And so we pray. So what him. happened? So if you can tell people who didn't know, what, if, what, what was he doing? What yeah. Happened? So I guess it sounds like there was a church service that was happening in the evening. This was in Glendale, Arizona. And he was just on the street inviting people to the church service um, and also kind of preaching the good news. And it sounds like there were some people kind of protesting, yelling at him. But from the other witnesses, they said that he wasn't really engaging with the people yelling at him. He wasn't kind of engaging in that type of behavior and then someone uh like in a car pulled out a gun and shot him and then drove away they're still looking for the suspect wow so and this is we're recording this uh friday november the 17th mm -hmm. so this is as of this recording so yeah we're definitely definitely praying for this that's yeah, so why yeah. our prayers go out mm -hmm. to him and, and his family, family. Mm -hmm. and uh just for for those people who are willing to really to give their lives to, to witness to the faith amen so maybe we should pray Hail Mary for him and his family. Let's yeah. do that. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, brother. Yeah, no problem. And then so it's also Thanksgiving, so we have many things that we're thankful for. Mm -hmm. and, and Giving Tuesday is coming up, and someone very generously uh, donated $50,000, and it's a matching gift. So all of those who are listening, who feel inspired or moved by the Lord um, to donate, how do they donate, Father Anthony? You can donate online. You can write a check um, anyway. But Tuesday, Giving Tuesday is usually an online giving platform, but... Yes, so if you can come to our website, www.comefire.faith, go to donate and all everything that comes in on Tuesday, unless you say otherwise, is going in for the Go Rebuild My Church Fund, which is our evangelization fund. So the things we use to evangelize, um, especially doing things like Grief to Grace, doing our youth groups, doing our ministry to the prisons, anything that involves evangelization comes out of that fund. So you're helping kids go to Steubenville, to the March for Life, et cetera. If you're able to help us out, we would greatly appreciate it. Yes. Now we have to the end of the year. So if you can't make Giving Tuesday, the, this generous person has given us 50000 if we can match it between now and the end of the year. So please be Christmas generous to us, Amen. especially on Giving Tuesday. Let's match that fifty, so we have then 100000 to uh to go and help do these evangelization efforts. And make sure to like and subscribe so other people hear the message. Praise God. And then we'll we'll pitch it over to Father Peter Teresa, who is going to... I think we're continuing the series. We're, we're climbing up the mountain. On the mountaintops, and we're still on Calvary. We're still oh, on Calvary. Oh, yeah. so the, That's where the, we want to be. The story continues. <laughs> That's where we want to be. This is the final uh, reflection meditation upon encountering, meeting the Lord on the mountain. And we are on 
the mountain, the mountain par excellence, uh, Mount Calvary, the mountain of our our salvation and uh, the mountain in which our redemption has been won for us. In, in our last episode, we reflected on some of the people that that met the Lord on that mountain, but missed what was going on. Um, and so now we want to we want to uh, pivot and. And, and maybe look at those men and women who were at that mountain with the Lord and and had some insight for us into into what was was taking place in, in meeting the Lord uh, on that mountain uh, at this most most central mystery of our faith. Uh, and so I want to talk about uh, the the two thieves that are crucified next to our Lord. So I'll just briefly read uh, that account for us. This comes from Luke's gospel, the 23rd chapter, uh, and this is verses 39 to 43. Let me just find it in my Bible. There's so many verses on these pages. It's hard hard to find it all of a sudden. He does read his Bible, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) I do read it. It's just, uh, it's just, it's It's in there somewhere. (laughs) Amen. Oh, thanks be to God. Luke, here we go. Um, I see to. So the setting for this is that we're in. This is really embarrassing, (laughs) Father. You're embarrassing everybody right now. So we're just gonna pick fun of you to make people laugh at least while they're embarrassed. Um, so Jesus was crucified. There were two people crucified with him. Um, I found it. We do know that. Um, obviously, to be crucified, these would have been Jewish individuals. If they had been Roman citizens, they would have been beheaded. Um, so the fact that we do know that these are uh, Jewish, and we obviously know there was some kind of crime either against Rome or against others that led to crucifixion. So the Romans had to deal out crucifixion, so they had to um, give the death sentence, if that is the case. Um, but these men obviously have done something pretty terrible. They have either killed somebody They've stolen something of great value. They have harmed a Roman citizen. They've done something which they both, usually both the Jews and the Romans, because the Romans are going to be so bad as to kill somebody who is going to outrage the Jewish leaders. They don't want a rebellion. So that does both the Jewish leadership and the Romans uh, are warranting crucifixion. So these guys are criminals. They've done something wrong and they're being crucified along with Jesus. Amen. And so one of the criminals who were hanged railed at him saying, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly I say to you, Today, you will be with me in paradise. Uh, so we have these, these two criminals, these two uh, traditionally, you know, thieves uh, or, who are crucified next to our Lord. Uh, and the one who kind of takes the posture of, of, the, of the individuals we were talking about last episode, um, you know, rails at Jesus. Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. Um, and, you know, is that not uh, just a cry of our own hearts as we're experiencing uh, our own crosses, you know, save us, Jesus, in this moment. And then we have, you know, the good thief um, who says, you know, do not fear God. Um, And he says that, you know, we've justly, 
been condemned. We're receiving what is justly ours. Um, and then he makes that that beautiful prayer, uh, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Um, and so what, what, what do we think is happening here with this, this man, you know, that he's able to recognize God in the midst of his own sufferings and, 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 the, and, and Jesus being crucified next to him? What, how is he able to, to perceive the Lord in, in this moment? So there's a lot of traditions, um, yes. none of which are are big T tradition. They're all kind of little T um, stories though. as to who this man was. But a lot of these traditions are going to go along with the fact that he had some kind of encounter with Jesus along the way. Most popularly, it's considered the rich young man who walked away from Jesus. So the rich young man who was, you know, there at the, um, and he turned away because he had many riches. Um, even though Jesus said, if you want to be perfect, sell everything. He ends up losing his riches. He ends up starting to become a thief, um, ends up stealing, and ends up crucified for his, his stealing. Um, so not the only tradition, but uh, certainly uh, um, one along the lines of this is someone who had the encounter. But this encounter was like Jesus said, give everything away and follow him. And I didn't. Mm. And here I am. I have another chance. Like how beautiful it is mm. with the Lord that this, this man is getting a second chance. Whether or not we know this is true. Like he's getting a second chance with Jesus. He had an encounter before and that encounter didn't fully change him. And now up on the cross, he has a second opportunity to turn his heart to the Lord and how the Lord does with us. But it's also his last opportunity. Yes. So the Lord gives us more than one opportunity. But at the same time, there comes a last opportunity where if you say no to the grace, like you'll miss it. Like you say no, and I'm thinking about vocation, for example. Like you can say no to the priesthood, and the Lord calls to you again. But you say no a second time. All of a sudden, you're married. Like it's over. Like your chance <laughs> yeah, is over. Yeah, you know, you've missed it. Yeah. Um. With this, with their life, like we have these chances to, to follow or turn back. But if we say no repeatedly, we don't have a chance. And so this this man is given another chance, and praise God, he says yes to it. Amen. So there's that wasn't the tradition that I was thinking of. Sure. Yeah. Um. There's the it's a, I think it's the Egyptian tradition right. that comes out of like Alexandria, Antioch kind of that area, but it's that actually when Joseph and Mary were fleeing into Egypt from Herod and Jesus would have been a newborn babe at that time, that they were waylaid by robbers and the chief mm -hmm. robber was St. Didymus. And it says like in the account that he sees, Dismas, Dismas yeah, <laughs> that he sees the child and he's so overwhelmed by the beauty of the child that he says like, for sure, like certainly if God were to become man, like the babe could not be fair. And then Our Lady promised, like, and then they, they decide not to, like, rob the uh, Joseph and Mary and let them go on their way. But the Mary, the Theotokos, tells them that one day you will be rewarded for protecting the Christ child. And so I, I love the idea, too, of Our Lady um, being, like, the mediatrix of all grace, mm. that even in that moment she gives the promise that, like, and that's why we always pray to her, too, like, in the hour of our death. Um, but even his moment of death, that there's the grace that Our Lady gave him in that moment that he'd still be protected from. And her. you wonder if she recognized him, for or sure. if he I, recognized her, or either way, yeah. Mm -hmm. That there's. I this, think for sure Our Lady recognized. Yeah, yeah. She's without sin. Like she's. She, she got some infused yeah, knowledge. She, she remembers the face. She, yeah. she. So both. I mean, it's just she's recognizing this man and praying for him even there on the cross. And, and I love this idea too, and I'm sure we'll get into it with the other ones too. But there's an idea too that Our Lady gives us the strength to actually endure the cross. Yeah. Um, that she's like our great consoler. She's our, our companion and our accompanier as we go to Calvary. And so even like this grace for, for the repentant thief to say what he says to Christ. You know, I like to imagine that he saw her and remembered that woman from 33 years ago. Yeah. 
And then to look over and recognize in the crucified Lord, that babe that he saw that day. But what humility to say, I'm justly condemned. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, like how, cause we don't often do that in right. our own times. And the Lord's yes. given us that grace. Our response is pride. Our response is like the other thief. And like, well, take me down from the cross. Like if we were really God and we, we don't think about the hideousness of our own sin, um, that's this man recognizes he has sinned. He's fallen short of the glory of God and he needs a savior. And he's like, you know what? I'm just thinking. And the fact that being crucified is just, but I need a savior. And I'm going to call out for that savior in this moment. I've also heard it said too, there's an idea of, you know, like once saved, always saved that the Lord will just save you. And I think it was a talk by Scott Hahn, but he says like the, the good thief doesn't actually show us that, that he actually does four things um, before he dies. Mm. And to your point that he repents, and he believes in the gospel, like he acknowledges like Christ's first words. But then he also rebukes another sinner. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And then he acknowledges Jesus as Lord. And then he asks that he would be saved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that there is this like this tremendous act on the thief yeah. um, to then be able to receive the, the tremendous mercy that God has to him. But it's not simply passive. Right. Because um, if that were the case, and like the, the bad thief too, you just could have said the same thing to him. But like there is a... a a way in which we have to participate in that, the way in which we have to receive the gift. There's something beautiful if if we take like the 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 Egyptian tradition, you know, and we kind of run with that one, where you know Our Lady has remembered him all of these years, or recognizes him and, and remembers that encounter, and then his words to him are, "Are Jesus remember me?" Um, that that he has remembered them. Um, and recognizes them, and and now he's asking that that the Lord would remember him as as he's about to enter into his kingdom. And and I know, Father, you were kind of talking about just some of the, the history of, of crucifixions, and and that you actually die by being asphyxiated; that you basically suffocate to death. And so just every word that he is uttering on this cross is, is agonizing and precious uh, and that he's not, you know, it's costing him greatly just to, to utter these words. And, and then the prayer that, that comes to his heart is, is, is Jesus remember me uh, when you come into your kingdom. Which is a total rebuke to all the bystanders who were there, mm. who I mean, first, we hear in the Gospels that the miraculous birth of Jesus, shepherds came, wise men came. Herod was aware of it. My wise men are like, hey, there's the king, you've been born, I see the star. And the word would have spread. Obviously, Herod heard it. Why? Because he tried to kill the child. We have the word of the presentation where Jesus is presented the temple. And Anna is going around like, the Christ yeah. is here. And people are wondering. Yeah. We have the, the witness of this priest, Zechariah, who goes dumb. We have all these, and then obviously we have the three years of Jesus's ministry in the city. Like 30 years ago, the same guy who's the same age, all these miracles that happened is going off and people aren't remembering. And we fall into the, again, fall into the same trap. We don't remember the Lord. Like in the midst of trial, in the midst of crucifixion, we forget the great deeds of the Lord, forget his mercies, forget the the, the good times. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we forget the seven years of a fat, for the because of the seven years of famine, yes. they go to that Joseph imagery from the Old Testament, and an importance to remember that that this call to remember me. That if we go back to this this thief, that he remembered Mary, and he's asking the Lord to remember him, and Jesus is remembering. There's all this remembering, and and mm. our call to remember, our call to remember the the good things the Lord has done, especially in the midst of the crucifixions of his life. 
while we couldn't help ourselves as we are wont to do and, and bring our lady in into the conversation um, i do have a, one more like, to focus on the good thief yeah one more, to interrupt please you. yeah um i do think those are so it's probably like my favorite crucifixion account in luke mm. and uh i mean the word i can't imagine like god willing i one day will hear those same words amen that this day you'll be with yes paradise. yes no and it that, is uh, uh and just to say too that like an encouragement that it doesn't matter when you start the journey like maybe you're 50 years old and you feel like well i've never repented or i've never rebuked a sinner or i've never really acknowledged <laughs> jesus as lord um that it's like not too late like and that's one thing we can take great encouragement from the good thief that uh, that it does require an act on your part but like the lord is so ready to extend that same invitation um so wherever you're at in the arrive and even even to have hope for 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 your loved ones who are maybe far from the faith and maybe maybe there's a lot of ways in which the people that we we love in our own lives kind of resemble the good thief in a lot of ways where they're living a life that's really contrary to the gospel um that there's still hope that in like the agony of death that they'll turn to the lord and so most certainly we pray for that mm-hmm. and the crucifixion becomes his purgatory yeah the that cruci- another hour or so he's on the cross yeah. before um, their legs are broken and he passes um, and it's just in the, in the kingdom. The Lord promises into His kingdom, and there's probably a lot of purgatory He needs to do. Mm. But all that, but but all that suffering, that cross, He's offering it up, and to 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 recognize Jesus in this beautiful moment, and His suffering bleeds Him immediately. This that this thief right to the kingdom. Yeah, I I'm actually struck for the first time by the fact that the first thief, his his cry is is you know, Lord, like save yourself and save us. Um, and then the Lord's response to the the good thief is, you know, this day you'll be within paradise, and and He does save him. Yeah. Um, he does save the 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 other thief, and so in a much better way. In a much better way, and so like that, he's experiencing tremendous pain and physical torment. He's experiencing literal crucifixion, and yet his heart and his mind and his soul would have just been completely at peace once Jesus spoke those words to him. Uh, this day you will be with me in paradise. And so even in the midst of our own crosses, God can speak a word and, and just bring us peace and consolation, even though we might still be experiencing sufferings. And even on that point too, like the good thief shows us like, like that's how we can suffer too. That there really is like this, this intimacy with, with, with Christ on the cross. Like, I mean, the, uh, the good thief shares like most intimately mm. And like what Christ is going through because he himself is also experiencing it. Yeah. Um, like the, the same thing uh, of, of hanging there, of the asphyxiation, of the pain, and even maybe the jeering of the crowd. Maybe they're getting it too. Um, so there's, there's this real intimacy that he shares with Christ. And then to your point, but he, he can't endure by himself. And so you see like the good thief or the, the, the bad thief. I can imagine him falling into despair. Like this guy's not going to do anything. Then you have the good thief who can be resilient in his his resolution because of what Christ has done. Amen. Well, let's move to uh, the next people, uh, individuals who encounter our Lord on the cross. And uh, this is from John's gospel. This is chapter 19. This is verses 26 to 27. And uh, I've I've cleaned my glasses. I can find the verses this time. So. You know where our lady's at in the scriptures. Uh, I know where our lady's at. Amen, amen. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, 
Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Uh, so let's just begin with Our Lady. Uh, she is there this whole time. And, you know, this is our Lord's last words to her. Uh, and just what uh, what that would have been like for her and, and how she would have been experiencing uh, this this last encounter with her son. I mean, the agony and the ecstasy, uh, the, the, the great agony to be, you know, you're replacing yourself with John, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yes. like this is Jesus, this is her son, yeah. you know? And, and it's like, I can't have another son. Like it, it's almost like, Hey, I'm sorry that your son is dead, but here's like a replacement son. And mm -hmm. it's like, well, it's not my son. Like you, you can't replace my son. It's not possible. Even, and and in the loss that she must have felt, the agony, the hurt, the pain, at those words. At the same time, the joy, because I because she knew, she knew exactly what the Lord was saying, that that she was becoming mother of the church at that mm. moment, that that she was being the gifts of mothering all beloved disciples, and and what a gift to be the mother of the church, and she's receiving that gift and her nod of assent, the beautiful silent assent of our mother. Yeah. Um, to to say to say yes, her fiat once again, the fiat she gave at the Annunciation continues now, where she willingly mothers the whole church. She she mothered the body of Christ, um, in his physical form. She's mothering the body of Christ, the church even now. And so the great joy she experienced as her heart was being pierced, a sword was piercing her heart at that moment, but it was opening her heart up to become the mother of the church. The and then the so there's there's a, in the tradition I would say that our, our Lady's greatest sorrow. And that the cross is the thought that there will be souls who, who reject the redemption that her son wrought. And this is where we also go into the, no, it's not obviously not, it's not a dogma. I would say, oh, maybe God willing, it'll one day be. But Our Lady is like co-redemptrix too, that in a mysterious way, she above all peoples participates in Christ's crucifixion. And so, and, and like in a mysterious way, she does hold all of those people in her heart so she experiences the agony of all those who will reject this tremendous gift of salvation so there is the sorrow there um, but then it's also i think to, to what you were saying too the the tremendous joy that you know like i, I believe that, that she was like preordained to be the mother of all and uh, in a real way that happens on the cross that it's through christ's salvific action that kind of makes him the savior of all of humanity and then because our lady is mysteriously united into that, it's also how she then becomes the mother of all people um, as like the new Eve. It's kind of the instantiation of her like divine mission that will go on for all eternity where you really can call her mother in a real way, in a substantial way, in a way that's not just like a, a, a nice, a nice belief or a, a, a good feeling, like in a real way we can really call her mother. And it's all through the gift of the cross. And so this is where I also think Our Lady can teach us in a beautiful way that it's, it's, the same, it's the same coin with two sides. And so there's this idea of learning to allow uh, suffering and joy to coexist in your heart, that it's the same sword that pierces her, that makes her our mother, but it's also the one that causes her like sorrow. And so even in our own lives, there are certain wounds um, that will always will always like kind of have pain associated with them this side of eternity, the loss of a loved one, a tragedy that happens. Um, but what we want to learn from Our Lady is that those don't have to turn into like bitterness or places of death in our own lives. 
Um, but that we can really enter into that place of suffering, inviting the Lord into it, the, Our Lady into it. And they can like teach you to experience joy in that. And it's mysterious. I don't understand it. I just know that I've experienced it in my own life. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely above my own mind to comprehend. And that's why I also want to say that there's this beautiful uh, analogy or image of Our Lady that she's like a thistle um, mm -hmm. or like a, a rose bush. Like, so there's thorns. So like there's a way in which it hurts but like it, it blooms with the beautiful flower. And so like our wounds can be the same way or there may be the thorns, but like from them, like beautiful, it can become the garden, the soil in which like beautiful flowers bloom and actually become like a source of life. Well, because she let the ego go. Hmm. Yeah. At that moment, the ego says, I'm going to focus on the pain, yeah. but her humility said, I'm going to fiat to the Lord in this moment. And, and although, I mean, I've seen beautiful times, people who have experienced, you know, uh, tragedies like being raped or the loss of a child, mm -hmm. and, and they've become sources of healing for other people. Yeah. I've also seen people who've experienced that tragedy and turned to drugs and, and, and depression and fallen, um, which is sad, I know, not to, to judge or blame, but to say how beautiful it is when the person can move into the fiat can move into experiencing even the joy and the suffering and help other people who've experienced the same sorrow, help other experiences, other people who experience the same tragedy, like Our Lady did. I mean, how grateful we are that we have Our Lady, like mm -hmm. the gift of Our Lady, the gift of the her intercession, the gift of the Rosary, because she said fiat to, as Brother Brother Paul said, I'm not going to let this the death be the last word. I'm going to let joy intermingle. There's still sorrow there. There's tremendous more sorrow than we could ever yeah. imagine. Um, but she, she, the joy is also there that so that she can be there for all those who've experienced sorrow in their own lives. And if I could just share a story to you. So I heard this, I don't remember where I heard it from, um, but there was a mother who, whose son committed suicide. And like, I can't imagine uh, a greater suffering for a mother to experience. Um, and like the agony that causes and, and the, 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 the brokenness in the family. But then this mother like said something so profound um, that it was on the day her son committed suicide that she like found God again. Mm. And so there's something about like the, the depth of suffering that she experienced. And I think it's to your point too, where like she experienced her own helplessness where there's nothing that I can do to change this situation. And so either it breaks you or you like, you do find God, like it kind of like kind of levels the playing field, like where there are two options. And like, and so it's like, and so she, now she looks at like day and it's, and it's, I'm sure there's a, like that joy and the sorrow where there's like the, her son still died yeah. in, a, in a horrendous way, but like, there's still the beauty of like God still showed up in that moment. Yeah. Amen. And now to, to John who, who hears, you know, the inverse, you know, um, behold your mother. And then we are told from that hour, he, he took her into his home. So I like to believe that. So all of, all of the apostles flee the garden. Mm -hmm. And I like to believe that, that John fled to Our Lady. And so I think the only reason why John was the only disciple who was at the crucifixion was because he went with Our Lady. And that Our Lady is really the one who gave him the strength to go up there, to be present to our Lord. Um, and so I guess, I guess even with John, it just kind of goes back to Our Lady for me, mm -hmm. where uh, he's the model of what to do when we encounter suffering, just run to our mother and, uh, and she'll get us through it. She just will get us through it. And then John's able to give us these beautiful words. I wonder if that's like one of the reasons why he uses the beloved disciple. So he recognizes in Mary this, this capacity to really guide us. So you can read yourself into that own passage. Mm -hmm. 
but then also to recognize too in John, there is this beautiful intimacy that he shares with the Lord. I think it's at the Last Supper that he like lays on his breast. Um, and so it's obviously that that John has also spent time cultivating this intimacy with the Lord. And whenever we talk about intimacy too, it always connotates vulnerability. Um, and so there's a way in which like Jesus is already exposing like some of his own vulnerability to him too. And like, it may be in like really human ways where like maybe John saw Jesus tired after a long day of walking and healing people or you know, all those ways in which like Christ would have suffered in a really human way that John would have been privy to that he would have witnessed. But instead of like turning away from that and being like, oh, this isn't, this isn't the Messiah that I signed up for. But like John is able to recognize that vulnerability in Christ. And like actually have, let himself be drawn towards it so he can really share in this deep intimacy. And I'm sure it goes both ways that, that John being the youngest, I'm sure there was a lot of insecurities with the, the mm. apostles and he's chosen, he's like number three, number two, however you want to contextualize him within that kind of that three group. And maybe there was like, maybe some of the other disciples who are older are like, what's going on with this young kid? He can't even grow a beard. And he's like <laughs> going up the mountain with Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, and so even John's own insecurities that he'd probably like learn to like share those with Jesus and like continually be affirmed. And so John, obviously through Our Lady, but also through a long time of being able to share that intimacy with Christ, then allows him to share in the most vulnerable moment that Christ has on, on earth. And just one point to add is, is he did show up. You know, our lady yes. gave him the strength, but he had to say yes to it. And he said yes to it. And um, he gets, he gets to be the apostle who's giving Mary communion. Like win, yeah. big win for, for, for John. For sure. Uh, and, and, and obviously this beautiful beloved disciple writes the gospel, um, is there with Peter and the acts doing all these wonderful things. Um, but all that because he was there at the cross, like he showed up. He said yes, um, and he didn't know what it meant. They could have killed him. Like he didn't. There was a lot of unknowns when he walked up that that uh, followed Jesus up that road, um, being his apostle. But um, he showed up, and the blessings came. And so we just, sometimes we have to show up at the cross and let the Lord work. And I think we also have to say too that we kind of touched on it last time that that all of the disciples get martyred, except for John. Mm -hmm. And so like like to also say that John obviously also suffered tremendously at the cross. That. I think we can kind of like look at that that situation that that the historical kind of narrative and say that, that that was John's martyrdom like seeing the one he loves most be be died to die in such a gruesome way and so he doesn't have to experience his like his own martyrdom he like also kind of like shares in it with the lord which i think is just really beautiful just a really beautiful image of intimacy with christ amen well profoundly beautiful i just you know, just we're making the comment with the, uh, you know, the thief that that these words would have been precious and and chosen and, and difficult to say, and that, uh, you know, this is, you know, the Lord just addressing them from the the the, the, the cross and 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 giving them to one another, um, and He's just even even in His sufferings and 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 this most, you know dark hour of his life, his heart is still for them and he's still communicating with them and he's still bestowing gifts on them, you know, where, where we can look at it as, yes, yeah, yeah, John is a really poor substitute for Jesus, but, but he's given his mother the gift now of, of universal motherhood where she's now entered more deeply into his life and his mission. And now she's all of our mothers through, through what she's doing. And he gives that gift to her. And then, and then he gives John the, the, the amazing gift of, 
of allowing to take Our Lady just into his home. And so even in our own sufferings that the Lord's heart is is for us, the Lord's heart is with us, that he still speaks and communes with us and and has gifts to bestow upon us uh, even, even in that hour. Well, even just to say, kind of following that line too, that a lot of times like when we suffer, like when you're really in the suffering like that, that like that is the time where like, it's kind of like the, there's the most grace. Like, I mean, like, what, like, like he won our salvation on the cross, like in the moment of his suffering, he extends it to all peoples, but like in the gift of his own mother, like, like I don't know, there, there's, there's no greater gifts that Christ gives us than what he gives us like through the cross. And even like even everything else, like all of the sacraments are all built upon and like predicated upon this, this act of redemption done by our savior. So that's can be the same in our own lives too, that that it's hard to see it a lot of times that that suffering has a way of narrowing our vision um, but they can be those moments of tremendous grace in our life amen well that concludes our reflections on the on the mountain of calvary uh, and it concludes our series on encountering the lord on the mountain uh, so we hope you enjoyed our our journeys up these different mountains and and we certainly enjoyed you uh, joining us for it uh, and pray that you will continue to, to join us in these little, these little podcasts that we're doing. Um, and so uh, now it is our time for our final question. I think Father. it's Brother Paul's turn. And, and Brother Paul, so far you've had two bishops. Uh, you have Bishop Olmsted <laughs> and uh, Bishop, uh, Pope, Pope Emeritus, who's passed away, Benedict XVI. So you have a saint or a someone who you... Um, is, uh, alive but you do not know and this is um, for a dinner party you're gonna have a dinner uh not dinner party it's gonna be individual coffee with each oh, okay. person you know dinner with the individual just a, a sit down a chat do i get to say our lady uh no no she's 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 well you have an invitation mother so just say, <laughs> uh, say it no but you're always welcome um well, i'm gonna go i'm probably uh the good thief right now it's just gonna set up in the brain noggin like hey what's this yeah is that true buddy trip yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> interesting yeah. okay of all the all the saints you're choosing did Dis- dismiss dismiss yeah, sorry yeah. Yeah. wow i think i, don't I love know. it what are you gonna ask him oh well, i think like is that true like is the egyptian story true mm-hmm. and uh I don't, I don't know like obviously like about the crucifixion yeah yeah, so I don't know. you could ask him what it was like to be the first person in heaven. Yeah, was it like was it? Yeah, was it kind of bo- was it was it a little <laughs> yeah born initially? You know, a lot of people up here. That's funny. That's great. All right. Well, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May make His face shine upon you, be gracious to you, turn His countenance, turn His countenance towards you, and give you His peace. And may Almighty God bless you as well. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Amen. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire Podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith slash give. That's becomefire.faith slash give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.